This is CliffCentral.com. You're listening to CliffCentral.com, and this is In Conference with Michael Jackson. If you've not heard this podcast before, let me introduce myself as a conference speaker at over 2,500 conferences in my career. I get to meet a bunch of really fascinating folks on stage around the world. They're normally business leaders, thought providers, entrepreneurs, gurus, multimillionaires, or just people who really stand out for one reason or another. What we thought at Cliff Central was that it would be great if you got a chance to meet them as well. And as you'll probably know, if you're a regular listener to these podcasts, I'm very, very fond of homegrown South African talent in particular. So my guest on this show right now is going to fit all the boxes. She's inspirational. She's kind of remarkable. Um, what she does in her world almost defies belief. She is a practicing clinical psychologist. <clears throat> Pardon me, but that's not the reason Nikki Abdenor is going to be joining us on the show. Let's find out about the lady herself. Nikki Abdenor is someone who has literally blown me away. Joining us now from Cape Town, where she lives, to talk about herself and her life and what she does, this is going to absolutely astound you. Nikki, a real pleasure to have you on the program. How are you? Hi, Michael. Thanks. It's great to be on the show. Now, I've seen you on stage. You've blown me away as a speaker. And as I've mentioned, you're already an expert clinical psychologist. But you've got a very unusual take on life because of your personal circumstances. If no one's ever met you before, they're going to be intrigued to know what makes you different. What is it, Nikki Abdenor? Well, if I put it bluntly, I guess you can say that I do my entire life hands-free. I was born without arms and shortened legs, so throughout my life I've learned to do things a little bit differently. I type with my toes and I text with my tongue. <laughs> now that's remarkable. So you're a modern-day version, really, of Venus de Milo, but live. Exactly. <laughs> I think what's so great um, about having a disability, which might sound a bit weird, but I think it gives me a lot of credibility in the message I share with people, is that people know that I put my message into practice for sure. Now, and I know that you travel around the world talking about your life and talking about change and all those good kind of things. The fact that you were born with no arms and, as you say, shortened legs must have given you a very weird take on life when you were growing up. Well, I think that for myself, I just adapted. I mean, that was the normal for me. And I think what's so important is to recognize that having opportunities to be part of society, you do just get on with things and you adapt. And that's as a psychologist, I've learned that I've implemented many therapeutic skills that I teach my patients today in terms of focusing on what you can do and recognizing the power of your thinking on your everyday life. Now, as if texting with your tongue and typing with your toes wasn't crazy enough, um, you can really demonstrate that you're able to do anything anywhere, any place, any time. The first time I came across you, somebody gave me a YouTube link to a video clip where you're driving your own car. Yes, I do drive hands-free, and I just don't understand why everyone in the world doesn't want to drive hands-free either. Imagine all the multitasking you can do in the Johannesburg traffic each day. But um, I drive a specially adapted car, and I know that what's great about it is that every time I step out of my car, 
I change people's perceptions about what is possible. That's quite, it's absolutely remarkable for me as well. I mean, Google have been working on the driverless car, but you're effectively driving, as you say, totally hands-free. Yes. And you drive through regular traffic. You do the same things that everybody else does. You've got the full control of your vehicle, even though you have no arms. Does that terrify people? <laughs> no, it excites me completely. Um, it's advanced technology that's still only available in the UK, but I can say for certain I want to be the first South African with a Google driverless car. And you'd certainly deserve it. But the fact that you're driving around now, arms-free, hands-free, depending on what you call it, must really stagger people. When people see you climbing out of your vehicle in a car park, do they just look at you and go, what on earth is going on? <laughs> well, let's just say car guards in South Africa who like to collect money, when they see me getting out of my car, they never ask me for money. In fact, I think they want to give me money because they're so astounded. It is quite <laughs> remarkable. Have you ever offered them a two-round tip with your toes, though? <laughs> I have, and that, you know, really it, it makes them think a little bit differently about their day. I think it's phenomenal, Nikki, and you've achieved so much in your life. I mean, you are an amazing speaker as well. I was absolutely astounded, and I sat there with my jaw dropped open when I heard you and saw you speak on stage. I mean, nothing gets you down, does it? You're just living a very, very normal life with an abnormal situation. Yes, I think that uh, sharing my story wasn't something that um, I thought I'd be doing one day, but I recognize that I do have a responsibility to share the story. But it's also to tell people that it doesn't matter your circumstances. You, we can always find somebody that's worse off than us. I can find somebody who's got no arms and no legs, but it doesn't take away my personal perception of my own abilities. And if we just bypass that if we actually focus on what we can do i mean life can be far more pleasant and enjoyable when i saw you on stage originally you showed a home video i think it was of you as a toddler eating your porridge um, <laughs> with your spoon in your toes and feeding yourself quite happily laughing and giggling doing the same old stuff when did you realize that you were different from everybody else I think that I perhaps only realized it when I went to school and I saw things that everybody did things differently. I mean, I have two older sisters and a younger brother as well that don't have physical disabilities. But um, to recognize that uh, I didn't focus on those things. You know, my friends, I think when they saw my personality and my spirit, I mean, they forgot about my disability. I mean, still today I have people that know me really well and say, Nikki, I saw you on the road and I waved at you and you never waved back. Oh, gosh, that's, that could be taken as a bit harsh, but I, I understand the spirit it was meant in, certainly. <laughs> but it's, the, it's, again, the thing is that people forget about the disability. And I think that that's a lot of feedback that I get from being on stage is that, through my talk, people forget about the difference. And I think that's that's quite a powerful thing to teach people is that sometimes our differences need to be embraced. But um, often we're all the same inside. We want the same things. We have the same motivations, the same drive for success. And if we recognize that in ourselves, I mean, life can be so much simpler. Does it ever wear you down? Do you ever get depressed? I've never seen you, nor heard you, nor come across you in a negative mind frame whatsoever. 
Well, I think that my sense of humor, I mean, you can see it from a toddler on those videos that I always love to laugh and I have always been a positive person. And I mean, the rec- you recognize everybody has days when they're frustrated. I mean, I can have a day in traffic where it's frustrating or something related to my independence is maybe being compromised or people's attitudes. But I think it's that I implement a lot of therapeutic skills in looking at how I'm thinking about a situation. I have to be rational and realistic. Is that Sometimes, what, is that what yes. led you, sorry to cut across you, is that what led you to the speaking career as well as being a successful clinical psychologist in Cape Town? Yes, I think with the speaking, it was firstly a way to raise funds for my nonprofit organization. But secondly, I saw it as a natural extension. You know, sitting one-on-one in therapy can be hugely beneficial, but I feel that there needs to be that translated into larger audiences. And I, I enjoy translating those therapeutic skills into helping people change in a bigger environment. You can reach so many more people. I, I would even hasten to put, hesitate to put you into the category of motivational speaker because your message is so powerful. It's not, you're not telling ostriches to fly to work and they all get excited <laughs> and then Monday morning they walk to work because they're ostriches. I mean, you're really putting in a powerful message about understanding and embracing difference, which fundamentally is not just motivational or inspirational. I mean, this is something that is core value that we've got to help spread across South Africa and indeed the planet, really, isn't it? Yes, for sure. I mean, we don't live in a cotton wool world. You know, not everybody is going to like us and not everybody is going to succeed in the same ways. But we've got to recognize that and be realistic um, about our abilities, but also know that if we go beyond what society tells us we can do, that uh, we can actually live very fulfilling lives. And I think that that's such an important part of my message. What do you think the biggest walk away is for the audiences that you're speaking to from platforms across the world? When they're leaving the venue, what exactly are they thinking about, do you believe? Well, I know that it's not my primary aim, but a lot of people leave thinking, what am I complaining about? But actually, that's not the core message that I'm trying to give people. I'm trying to teach them to recognize that we can't always change our circumstances and we can not always have certainty about the future, but what we can do is make a choice each day about how we want to live our lives and recognize that certain ways of thinking can encourage us to be the better versions of ourselves that we all aspire to be. I watched something on television on the news a couple of weeks ago about the boy in New York who got a hand transplant. He had no hands. It was the world's first double hand transplant. You obviously saw the same thing. Yes, I did. Did it make you envious? Do you think you'd ever go for a prosthetic arm transplant? Or is Nikki Abdenor happy the way she is? (laughs) I think that when technology, I'm not sure about having somebody else's arms attached to me. I I don't know if I'm like fully okay with that idea. Could be like getting a hug from somebody else though every single day. Exactly. So maybe there are some benefits as long as they were a hand model in a previous lifetime. But uh, for me, when technology advances that prosthetic arms can do fine motor skills, then I will be first in queue. So iRobot would have nothing on you? No, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) 
see, I love the fact that you'd even embrace change at that kind of level as well. But sorry, I cut you off. You were going to say something. Well, it's just the thing to say that if I can do many other tasks, I mean, again, I want to multitask. Imagine I could be sitting here typing an email with some prosthetic arms and then having a conversation with you. How amazing is that? I mean, I've watched uh, you sending a text message with your tongue, and it, it kind of makes people go, wow, I never thought you could do that. Um, I've got to admit this, Nikki. I experimented really afterwards. Strong... <laughs> oh, have you? And and do you have a strong immune system for that? Um, yeah, I think a lot of people had handled my phone as well. I was down with germs. Obviously, no one else touches your phone uh, with their tongue uh, or anything else, right? I make sure I have hand wipes, uh, excuse the pun, wherever I go to wipe screens and computer keyboards oh wow so foot wipes in your case there's a new there's a new product category here i think foot wipes for screens for people with no arms tell me about your non-profit if you will it's called nikki's drive i understand um and i I guess that really is resonant with the fact that you drive a car with no arms but what is nikki's drive really all about well the independence and mobility that driving has given to me is absolutely indescribable and the technology I use to drive still not available locally in South Africa. So Nikki's Drive at the moment funds car adaptions for people with disabilities in South Africa. And really my aim is to help other people with disabilities achieve things in life, to increase their employability, to make them feel like a, a part of society where public transport's not accessible at the moment. So that's the motivation behind Nikki's Drive, and we funded seven projects to date. Wow, that's incredible. And I know also that a portion of your speaking fee also goes straight to your nonprofit as well. It's highly, highly commendable. Nikki, time is against us, as always, on the show. But how do people find out more about you? I mean, do they go to YouTube and type in Nikki Driving with No Arms? Or what's the best way to go and see you and understand what your world is like and how you've overcome challenges? How do people find you? Well, I have a TEDx talk online called Driving Dreams. So if you visit TED.com, you'll Google Driving Dreams. And my website is NikkiAbdenor.com. And you can find links to my uh, Facebook page and Twitter feeds. And you can connect with me on there. I'll be texting with my tongue. And you'll reply to everybody texting with your tongue, which is a hell of a thing. Now, (laughs) Abdinor, in case people are worried about spelling it, A-B-D-I-N-O-R, although on the podcast we'll put in your name and your details there as well. But go and have a look for Nikki Abdinor and find her online. Nikki, we've got to say goodbye, unfortunately. I mean, this 15-minute show seems to fly by. But just very briefly before you go, what's next on the agenda for you? Are you speaking more? Have you gone back to clinical psychology? Where do people see you and find you live in the real world? At the moment, I've got a balance. I am still seeing clients at my private practice in Cape Town and also via Skype. And I'm traveling quite a bit for talks, but I still think it's very valuable to have a practice and a speaking career because I think both complement each other. I couldn't agree with you more. And I know that whether it's one-on-one or you're dealing with thousands or hundreds in an audience, this just works phenomenally. Nikki Abdenor, to me, is an absolute inspiration. It's a pleasure knowing you as a friend, Nikki, and seeing you on the stage around the world as well. It remains for me to say thank you for being a guest on In Conference with Michael Jackson. And also, um, I hope to really see lots of you in the future. Yes, great. And if you see me on the roads, make sure to wave. 
but know that I'm not going to wave back. Exactly right. Nikki Abdenor in conference with Michael Jackson. That's the caliber of guest you find on cliffcentral.com. Cliffcentral.com.